Thanks for checking out the Church RC podcast today. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. If you got a Bible, turn to Mark 4, 35 through 41. Mark 4, 35 through 41. Miracles. I love talking about miracles. Amen? Mark 4. 35 through 41. You got it? Say amen. You don't say hold up. All right, I'm holding. It says this. On the same day when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was, with, uh, uh, he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him. Who can this be? Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. Lord, they didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. So Lord, I pray right now that you would speak through me to the hearts of your people. Lord, let no one leave the same and let every life be changed. And everybody said, if you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, because we have a saying here that paper never forgets. If you're taking notes, you can title this message, the making of a miracle. The making of a miracle. Uh, there was a man who uh, worked for CNN, and he was sent to California uh, to report on some wildfires that had been sweeping across California. When he arrived, he was, uh, you know, he's supposed to take pictures and, and find out, talk to people, and find out what was going on. And but when he arrived, he realized very quickly that he wasn't going to be able to do his job effectively because all of the roads uh, into the the fire zone had been bar- barricaded and blocked off, and and they were not letting anybody in. No news reporters, no no nothing was able to get in. So he was a little bit frustrated, but he began to think about, well, what can I do if I can't if I can't actually be there on the ground? What can I do? So he had this idea of, well, I'll call back and I'll see if I can get budget for a pilot because then at least I'd be able to get around and I'd, I'd be able to get some pictures and we could report on this. And so he called back and talked to his supervisor and his supervisor said, well, if that's all you can do, then try, you know, try to get a pilot, try to hire somebody and see if we can. We need this footage. We have to have it. And he said, OK. So he called he called around and he finally fi- found a plane and he found a pilot and he was excited because he was going to get it. The, the pilot and, uh, had told him, he said, you know what, I'll meet you at the airport uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll be there. And so he said, OK. And so as soon as he pulled up, he was excited because the pilot was there. He was already in the plane, and, and, uh, and so he, he jumped out. He runs, runs in, jumps in the plane, and said, hey, man, let's go. We got, I got to get, get these pictures taken. I've got to get this report done, so please, let's go. We, I'm in a hurry. And so he said, uh, okay. He said, okay. And he, ju- he said, all right. So he took off, and uh, as he's flying around, he's, uh, he says, okay, go over here to these wildfires. We need to see. We need to, I need to see what this is, and, 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 and so he starts flying over, and he's like, okay, and so he flies 
uh, by, and he, and, and he pulls out his camera, and he starts taking pictures. And he says, no, I need you to get a little closer to these wildfires. I've need, I need, I got to have good shots of it. And he, he said, okay. And so he gets a little bit closer as he flies a little bit closer. And, and finally, a little bit confused, the pilot says, can I ask you a question? Who are you? He said, well, I'm a, uh, I'm, what do you mean, who am I? I'm a reporter for CNN. And he said, so that means that you're not my flight instructor? <laughs> Come on, you got to know who's with you. Right? And I think a lot of Christians don't really know who's with them. They don't really understand who's with them. They don't understand that Jesus is the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. We think that he's a couple of goosebumps in a service, and that's all he is. But the truth is, is that we serve a great God, and he lives inside of us, and he's able and capable to do more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. you got to know who's with you. You know, there's some amazing things, ingredients to a miracle. But here's the truth is, is first thing you have to do is you have to understand if you need a miracle or not. Because I think a lot of people pray for miracles and they don't really need a miracle. They need to be better managers. Uh, Lord, I, I really need you to show up in my life, and I, I need you to work, a, uh, do a miracle in my finances. And the truth is, is that you need to stop maxing out your credit cards and stop living above your means. Uh, a, a lot of people will say, hey, I need a miracle in my body. I need God to show up and heal me. But the truth is, is really, you just need to stop eating so many dang Krispy Kremes. It's not a miracle issue. It's a management issue. Uh, I, uh, several years ago, I had started about when I was 32, I started having acid reflux really bad and there was nothing I could do. And if you've ever had it, it is the most miserable thing ever. It feels like you have a lump in your throat the entire time. And so I I was like, man, I just don't know what to do. I'm not sure how to handle this, you know? So I just started taking over the counter, uh, uh, acid reflux medicine. I took Prevacid. I would just take it on a regular basis. And, and I kept praying and asking God, God, show up, heal me. God, show up, heal me. God, show up, heal me. And, 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 the, and all along, I was eating whatever I wanted. I was just eating whatever I wanted. And finally, I felt like an impression from God is, is you, need to, you need to start getting healthy. You need to start eating right. You're not, you don't need me to show up and heal your body because your body's good enough. It's what you're putting in it that's the problem. See, God, God is, all, he is all about uh, you managing what you have. He is all about it. And when you begin to manage what you have, that's when he begins to step in. See, God is a God. You need a miracle when it's an impossible situation, when there's nothing you can do about it. Amen? So I'm going to give you some ingredients to a miracle. Are you ready? The first one is knowing who you're with. Knowing who you're with. The disciples are uh, in a boat with Jesus. Now, here's the deal. is This is not their first rodeo. This is not the first thing that, they, uh, that they've ever been through with Jesus. In fact, they have seen Jesus do incredible miracles. And, and they'd walked with him for years at this point, uh, for a couple of years at this point. And they're going, you know what? Uh, they, they've seen him lay hands on the sick and see them recover. They've seen blind eyes open. They've seen him uh, uh, pull people out of, uh, uh, off their lame beds. They've, they've seen him hear, heal deaf ears. They've seen him do all of these amazing. They just came out and seeing him uh, feed 5,000 people 
with two loaves and, and a few fish. It's amazing that all of these miracles are happening. And then they, they, this, they're stepping into a boat with Jesus and they say, who can this be? And even at this moment, they don't realize who's really with them. They don't realize who's with them. Yeah, they've seen, it do, they've seen him do miracles for everybody else, but they don't know that he can do the same thing for them. There was a man, who, uh, a pro golfer, who had went, went overseas and was playing uh, golf at a, a famous uh, golf course. and uh, He was there by himself and, and didn't really have anybody to play with, and nobody likes to play golf by yourself. It's boring. And then when you hit the good shot, nobody really believes you. You can tell somebody you got a hole in one, they ain't going to believe you. But uh, anyway, so he said, you know, uh, I'm gonna, uh, uh, he found a, gr- a couple of guys, and he said, hey, y'all mind if I play in with y'all? And he said, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the, so they started playing together and just having a good time, and, and uh, they, they talked about everything and hit, I mean, they just hit it off so well that uh, the pro golfer said, hey, I'm here all week, you know, I, I don't have a whole lot going on, do you want to just meet up and play every day while I'm here? And and uh, the, the guy said, absolutely, <laughs> you know, I'm free to do that, and I would, I would love to. I, I had a good time as well. And so that's exactly what they did. They just kept meeting up every day, and they would play golf and catch up. and just, They just became really good friends. They had a good time. And, and, uh, and, but, but it finally came to an end. The pro golfer had to go back home. And, and so he said, uh, you know, they were saying their goodbyes. Well, the, the man finally said, hey, you know what, I really like you. Uh, and I think you're an amazing person, and I think uh, you're awesome, and I, I want to send you a, a, a present. I'm going to send you a golf club. And he goes, okay. Well, you know, I'm always looking for a new club. You know, I need, I'm always looking for something to improve my game. I mean, and, uh, and so he, he goes, that's awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. And, uh, and, and so he gets home, and he waits on the golf club. And nothing shows up. Four weeks goes by, six weeks go by. Come on, you're waiting on a package. He's finally thinking, that guy's just a big liar. You know, he said he was going to send me something and didn't send it. And, uh, and so he, he's waiting on it to show up. And finally, it shows up. But it, it, there, it's a very small box. And he thinks, well, I don't know what kind of golf club fits in here. What, you know, does it fold up? Come on, a retractable. I can't show up with a retractable golf club. You know, I can't, I'm a pro golfer. I can't play with that. So he opens the package, and all he sees is paperwork. Because when the man said that he was giving him a golf club, he meant that he was giving him an entire golf course. Because the pro golfer, what the pro golfer didn't realize was that he was playing with the prince of that country. The entire time, he didn't realize who was with him. He didn't realize that there was a man there that was capable, while he was thinking something small, he was capable of doing so much more than he realized. Come on. Sometimes we don't realize that God can do so much more if we would just start saying, you know, knowing who's with us. truth is, is most of us have taken a multi-dimensional God and we boiled him down to one dimension. And we think that he's salvation and salvation alone. And the truth is, is that God is so much more than just salvation. Is he salvation? Absolutely. He is my savior. But the truth is, is that he's so much more than that. My, uh, I, I grew up um, in, a, in a kind of unusual home. Because there was one point in my life where my dad was my dad, obviously. He didn't change from being my dad. It's a revelation, ain't it, right? Uh, and, the, and, and then, but, but at that same time, he was also the principal of my school. 
I went to a Christian school, and if you've ever had a dad as a principal, it is absolute hell. Because he knows everything that you do, he knows. And, and the the bad thing was is that that uh, at at my school at the at the Christian school they they were not afraid to give spankings at that school. I got I got swats. They called them swats, and I got swats all the time. The bad part is is my dad's the one that gives them. So I would get them there, and then I would have to go home and face dad. And get them there all over again. You know, the, here's the thing. is that, that So now he's principal. And then there was a, he was also the pastor of a church. So he was pastor. He was principal. And he was dad. And when I needed something with school or I had a question about school, I went to principal dad. Are y'all with me? When I had a question about Jesus or spirituality, my spirituality, I would call, I would go to Pastor Dad and ask him a question about whatever it was, whether it was a biblical question or something like that. When I just needed a shoulder to cry on and somebody to talk to, I just went to Dad. Depending on which Dad I needed was, or I'm sorry, depending on the need that I had, depended on the uh, the, the the Dad that I petitioned. If I needed pr- Principal Dad, I would go for school. If I needed if I needed Pastor Dad, I would talk to him about that. But here's the thing: is that you have to know that God is multidimensional. He's not just one thing. He's not just salvation. And I think that if you uh, if you just limit God and say that He's only salvation, you you think. That, that getting saved is all there is. But the truth is, is that God is so much more than that. Come on. My, the Bible says that God is peace. That God is hope. That God is a restorer. That God is a healer. He is so much more than you realize. He's bigger than you think. The second thing is you have to stop limiting God. If you're needing a miracle, you have to stop limiting God. Most of us don't really realize that God can do so much more if we would just take the limits off of him. Here the disciples are in a boat, and they're terrified. Now here's the deal, is that they've been in storms before. These, most of these guys were fishermen. And they're facing a storm, and, and it says that the boat is filling up. And they walk down, and, and, and Jesus is asleep on a pillow. Now, I just want to stop for a moment. Have you ever been in a circumstance or a situation? Maybe you're in a situation right now and you think it feels like Jesus is asleep in the middle of your circumstance. Now, here the disciples, they, they walk into the, the, the bow of the ship and he's asleep on a pillow. And they, they wake him up and say, do you not care that we're perishing? See, I don't believe that the disciples ever thought this. I think that if we go down there and wake up Jesus, he's going to come up here and he's going to calm this storm. I don't think that was the thought in their mind because later on it says, who can this be that even the sea obeys him? The truth is, is they went into the bow of that ship because water was starting to fill the boat. And I believe it looked a lot like this. They woke Jesus up and threw him a bucket and said, start bailing, buddy, or else we're going down. And I think a lot of us pray prayers like that. We go to Jesus and we throw him a bucket and we say, God, I need you to bail me out of this situation. I need you to bail me out of this circumstance. I need you just to get me, get me through this. And we're asking God to bail us out. But I'm telling you right now, we don't serve a God who bails water. I serve a God who calms storms. Come on. 
And our prayers are something like this. God, if it be thy will, could you just, could you just get me to feeling just a little bit better? Not realizing that the promise of God says that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. God, if it be thy will, could I just maybe pay my bills this month? Maybe just get me through this. Maybe if I could just squeak by, that would be really good. Not realizing that the promise of God says that that, that, uh, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Do you know who you're rolling with? Serve a God who's bigger. He's better than you realize. He can do more than you ever think. And we put limits on him because of what people tell us. Well, you know, I just heard, brother, that miracles don't work anymore. God's not a God of miracles anymore. Can I tell you that God is still doing miracles on a daily basis? My dad was healed of congestive heart failure. I was a paramedic, and I knew what he was going through. I was watching my dad die. And my grandpa walked up on the front row one day in the middle of of church when I was at Family Life Church, and I was leading worship, and my grandpa walked up on the front row and because he felt like God had told him to pray for my dad. He laid hands on him, and in a moment, he was healed. God is still in the miracle working business. There was a young man who had uh, went to um, the grocery store. He was in college. And he went to the grocery store for some ramen noodles. Come on, somebody. That's the college food of champions, right? That's a brain food. Uh, but anyways, he went to pick up some ramen noodles. He was hungry. And, uh, and he showed up, and he walks by a lady, and she has, he notices that she has two hearing aids, like big hearing aids. And he walks by her, and as he passes by, he feels like that God says, pray for that woman. Now, he is a normal person, and like me or you would say is, no. <laughs> what, are you kidding me? I'm not going to pray for that person. That's an awkward, this is not the play. God, there's, Candace isn't playing keys in the background, and we don't have, we haven't had worship, and you know, the pastor hadn't preached, like, this isn't the place for that, and, and he just keeps feeling like God's saying, I want you to pray for that woman. You know, uh, here's the thing, is that a lot of people are afraid to pray for people, because they think that the miracle is, in, is if a miracle doesn't happen, it's their fault. It's not your job to perform the miracle. The miracle is God's job. That's all Him. It's your job to be obedient to do what he tells you to do. The Bible says to lay hands on the sick and you'll see them recover. It's not my job to perform the miracle. It's my job to be obedient to what God tells me to do. That's good preaching. So he's walking along and he thinks, oh man, you know, I just just don't know about this. I'm not sure. But finally he says, you know what? What's it going to hurt? She ain't getting no deafer. So he says, man. That's a word, right? <laughs> sure, that works. She's not getting more deaf, excuse me. <laughs> so he goes, uh, ma'am, can I pray for you? And she goes, huh? said, uh, ma'am, can I pray for you? Huh? Finally, he gets the message across. 
And she says, sure, that's fine, you know. And so the man does a real, real faith-filled prayer. He lays hands on her and says, Lord, I thank you that you're healing this woman's ears. And all of a sudden, the woman starts screaming, takes her hearing aids out because they were hurting her ears because she could com- hear completely. Now, here's the thing. This is what's amazing is that the, the clerk the, the, the red, uh, at the register sees all of this happen. Because he's just down the aisle and sees this happening and she begins to weep and she said, can your God heal my back? And he says, absolutely. So he walks up and he lays hands on her and she starts dancing because God has all of a sudden healed her back. And, 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 she, and so he gets on the microphone and says, God is in this place. If there's anybody in here that needs a miracle in your body, please come up. So a woman wheels up on a wheelchair, come on, and he says, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. She gets up and starts walking. Here in the middle of a grocery store, God starts doing miracles. Why? Because a man took the limits off and said I believe that God is still our healer that's crazy yeah it's crazy I don't know if you've read the Bible but God does some crazy stuff he's willing to keep doing miracles he's willing to keep showing up in your life if you'll start taking the limits off of him what would happen if we prayed bold prayers Church, what would happen if we started believing God for big things? If we really started... See, here's the thing is that everybody loves a miracle story, but nobody wants to need a miracle. I was... Uh, we were getting ready to purchase land. And, uh, and we had believed God. Crystal and I really felt like God had said we were going to pay cash for land. And so we told our church, we're paying cash for land. Now, here's the thing is uh, that we got an email on the Friday, and we were closing on Monday, and we had told them we were bringing cash to close. And, uh, and at that point, I was $65,000 short. And they sent me an email and said, are you sure you're bringing cash to close? Because if you don't, we're not closing, and it's going to mess everything up, and we're going to be mad. Right? So the title company sends this, basically in so many words, and, and I said, uh, and I'm sitting there with a dilemma. Because it's noon on Friday, I'm closing Monday morning, and I'm $65,000 short. I don't know about you, but I can't earn sixty-five grand in three days. If you can, you're in the right church. <laughs> Amen. You can make your check payable to the church, Roy City. Million is spelled M-I-L-L-I-O-N. Um, but anyway, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, uh, maybe I should just call the bank. Maybe I should just go ahead because we were, we were approved for a loan. Maybe I should just step out, just forget this. It's not going to happen. There's no way uh, we could do it on, Mon- but I could get it done by, uh, m- by Monday if I just called them. And I just felt like God say, are you going to trust me? So I sent an email, said we were bringing cash to close. And then I poop myself a little. <laughs> Come on, don't lie. I have just stepped into the realm of the impossible. Not something I can handle on my own. Not something I can do on my own. I've stepped into the realm of the impossible. 
Two hours later, there's a, there's a, a, somebody rings my doorbell and hands me a check. I walk in and I say, thank you so much. I appreciate that they were leaving town. Hands me the check and I walk in and I open that check and it's a check for $75,000. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, when you begin to understand and you say, God, I believe that you shall supply all of my needs. I believe that you put this on the inside of me. I believe that you put it in my heart. I'm not going to limit you and I'm not going to say that you can't do it. Come on, slap somebody and say, take the limits off. Take the limits off. The last thing I want to tell you, and I think you need to understand, is that Jesus is bigger than any storm you face. Jesus is bigger than any storm you face. Who can this be? That even the wind, the waves, obey him. Who can this be? That blind eyes see. Who can this be? That deaf ears are open. Who can this be? He's bigger than your storm. He's bigger than your storm, friend. I know in the middle of a storm it's scary. And sometimes all you can focus on is the problem. All you can focus on is the wind. All you can focus on is the wave. All you can focus on is the water that's pouring into your boat. And everything in you is screaming that it's impossible. But can I tell you that he's bigger than your storm? Christy and her boyfriend started coming to our church a couple of months ago. They weren't real sure about Jesus. They weren't sure about Christianity. They weren't sure about any of it. But the preacher was really good looking, so they kept coming back. I don't know why everybody laughs when I say that. (laughs) No, they, they kept coming back because, you know, the messages were good and the worship was good and people were friendly. They thought, you know what, I like this place. It's a, it's a pretty nice place to go. I'm not sure about the whole Jesus thing. I'm not sure that I believe it, anything about that. But we're going to keep coming back because we like it. So they kept coming back and hearing the message and uh, the messages over and over. And finally, Christy came up to my wife and asked a question. She said, can I ask you, do you really believe that Jesus can heal? And my wife said, I don't, be- I don't just believe it. I know that he can do it. I'm 100%. I've seen him heal. The reason why Christy was asking is because she'd been diagnosed with cancer. Cancer is a, a, a terrifying word. It's a storm. And the wind and the waves and the water seems like it's flooding in. So she asked if Jesus could heal. And Crystal said, absolutely, I believe he can. So she, Crystal said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start going to a community group. Because in our community groups... We do one thing, and we, we, we don't just hang out, we don't just fellowship, but the, we pray for the people in those community groups. That's the one job of the leader that every day they pray for you. They lift you up. They, they actually believe God with you. And uh, Crystal said, I want you to go to this community group, and I want you to get involved, and I want you just to be surrounded by faith. Christy went. Her and her boyfriend went. 
she let them know that she'd been diagnosed with cancer and was was hoping that Jesus might heal because it didn't look good otherwise. So they gathered around her and they laid hands on her and they prayed for her. Didn't seem like anything, didn't seem like anything happened, but at her next doctor's appointment, Christy's doctor came in, threw the paperwork down and said, you're a walking miracle. Come on, you're not in remission. There's no cancer in your body. That next Sunday, Christy and her boyfriend gave their life to Jesus. Come on. I don't know what storm you're facing, friend. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe it's a marriage problem. Maybe you need healing in your body. Maybe your finances are out of control. Maybe you need peace. Maybe you need hope. Maybe you need love. I don't know what it is, but I'm here to tell you that my God is bigger than your storm. He can can take it. He can calm the sea, and he can bring peace to your situation. He's bigger than your storm. At The Church RC, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at thechurchrc.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at thechurchrc. If you have a story to share about how God is moving in your life, you can email us at amen at thechurchrc.com.